So again, if we can learn to to figure out what's happening with those buttons, I can, if I can see her getting defensive or getting angry, I'm suddenly going, oh, um, okay, something's happened here, and I can try to um, try to put that right. Or I can say, hey, uh, babe, okay, obviously, hey, I've said something here that's uh, that's made you angry. Can I can I put this right? And Jenny will typically say, well, what did you do? <laughs> I'm thinking, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> I'm trying to work that out. So, so we don't necessarily want to get rid of these buttons because things happen that push our buttons naturally. But what we want to do is try to learn how are we going to recognize a button's been pushed? How am I going to recognize then to put that thing right? We would, we just want to invite you now to spend some time on your own and see if you can identify feelings that hap- happen when you get your buttons pushed. See if you can identify what are your buttons that your spouse might push to make you feel unhappy and then see if you can work out what your reactions are. So you're probably putting on paper what's actually happening in you and it's very interesting to identify these things that happen because then that helps our spouse go, ah, oh, yeah. I remember, I know that, I see that happen in you. When that, when that happens, I see you do that. So the objective is to figure out what it is that's pushing our buttons and then go, okay, what can we do together to resolve that or to figure that out so we don't have that happen anymore? So I just want to give you some time, just to spend some time there, uh, in about the middle of the book and identify the buttons that you have in your lives, identify your feelings, and then identify your reactions. Yeah, yeah, sorry, thanks. So if we just do that alone in your workbooks, trying to identify your own stuff, and then we'll talk about it, then, then talk about it together, about how you feel when he does that, when she does that, and how you can better manage that. All right, if you could just take a few minutes to discuss between you uh, some of those buttons, and uh, some of those feelings, you can, you know, feel free to walk around or whatever. Alrighty, we've had a chance to think what some of our buttons might be that when our spouse does things that makes us come out in a rash, whatever. Alrighty, how are we going to resolve that stuff? Well, for me, if I'm feeling... Um, frustrated or unhappy or devalued. What I need, because Jenny's pushed some buttons that have caused some feelings in me, caused some reactions in me, and what I need, well, what we need is someone to break that cycle. And, and the things that I need to hear is for Jenny to say, I trust you. That's a kind of a, I've got it. That's a mark of respect for, for me. That's, that's something that does something inside me. Um, if she says, I trust you. For Jenny, it's... She needs to hear the words, I value you or I need you. Someone has to do something. When these cycles happen and when you see your spouse starting to flare up or you can see those reactions starting that you've been able to identify, someone in that between the two of you has to make a decision to change things and to start putting positiveness back into that relationship. And for Jenny... It's me saying, I value you, I need you, you're, you're the love of my life, you're the most important thing 
to me, and, and I've got to, we've got to put this thing right. You know, I realized that I, I did that, and I just want to apologize for it. We've got to, we've got to get into that stuff to resolve, uh, you know, to resolve, um, these conflicts. So can you just for a minute, because Clifford missed that out before, just a minute, what do you need, now that you've got that far, just pause for a moment to each other and think, what do you need to hear that would, de- you know, stop that cycle? What is it that you need that would, you know, that's for us, we took, we identified what we needed to hear, or what can you say to your partner that would stop that cycle? So just take a minute, just pause on what Cliff shared there and see what it is what that could defuse that. The words that would de-escalate and break that cycle. Just a few more minutes. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. James 4, 1 through 2a. There were very few people who knew what really went on inside of our home. Whenever we got in our discussions, I, I felt like I couldn't control the emotion that was going on inside of me. I was a button pusher. And I knew what buttons to push. My anger would just flare out of control and it would turn into an an explosion. From friendly to horrible in a matter of seconds. I think he felt like things were swirling. I could out-talk him. I could could take the entire situation, no matter what I had done in it, it could be about Hans, it could be his fault. We were in an argument and I grabbed her as hard as I could and I threw her down on the bed. I had this little bit of justification that because I didn't actually physically lay a fist on her and um, blacken a part of her body, that it really wasn't as bad as what she was saying it was. I was really afraid at that point because we were married and we had a baby and things were not getting better. So while he was gone for a week, I had become very involved in an affair. I pulled up in the driveway and uh, Star met me um, there with her bags packed with our then two-year-old daughter, Kylie. And um, we went through the exchange of, what are you doing? And she says, I'm leaving. I'm like, why? And she's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Why? I expected my parents to just receive me with, you know, loving arms. And when I got to to their house and explained to them what was going on, they said, if you're gonna live in our house, um, you need to go to marriage counseling. I had started out that counseling session um, ranting and raving about how Star was doing this wrong and doing that wrong. I started throwing God's word in there and that, you know, she's not doing this. She's not respecting me. I mean, the Bible says that I deserve to be respected, right? He took a long pause and he started to read Philippians 2 to me. Jesus came to this earth and deserved everything. He deserved for people to bow down at his feet. He deserved for all the riches in the world. And he had a biblical right to all those things. And yet he chose to take the nature of a servant. And he chose to surrender those rights to God the Father. And as I looked at my life and I looked at Jesus' life, and I saw the the, <laughs> the huge gap in between the two, um, the lights came on for me. I had accepted Jesus for my 
forgiveness of my past sins so that I can spend eternity with him forever. But I was missing the gospel of the now. And I was missing the gospel and its effect and its impact on me today. And from that point on, my anger was um, in a totally different perspective. He was changing. And I didn't like that because everyone either knew or suspected that they knew what I was doing and he was becoming this great guy and no one really knew the ins and outs of why I left. We would fight and I would push all the same buttons and he did not respond the way that I was used to him responding. I mean, you have to understand, (laughs) my life was radically transformed. I remember being very drawn to the man that he was becoming, but now the relationship was dead. I decided I was going to go to counseling. Two to three sessions and then be done. That way I can say that I tried and it just didn't work. And so I was going to pursue a divorce. I vented everything to him about why there was just no way that we were going to make it. And he just listened. And then he looked at me in the eye very intently and said, Do you believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? And I said, Yes, I believe that. He said, you think that God can take a dead man and raise him to life to save you, but you don't think he can heal your marriage. And so I turned to God this much. It takes uh, 100% dependency on Christ in, in the moment, in the now. And it looks like constant confession and repentance for me. A light that had been shut off came on, and I wondered, what if God could do it? Okay, a powerful testimony, but such a reality that in New Zealand, one-third of marriages end in divorce, and another third live unhappily together. If we could grasp transparency in our relationship where there's nothing hidden and we're just constantly talking about how I'm feeling or whatever, all the stuff just vanishes. If we can grasp putting honor back in where there is hurt, such a healing that we never get to, to these places, which is a huge reality in New Zealand, a third, and, and most of the rest of the world, 50%. So let's talk a bit more about, okay, when things happen, how are we going to put some boundaries around this. We like to say that it's great to have rules for conflict. Conflict might happen, and what are we going to do about it? We've listed there quite a bunch of rules for conflict that we apply in our lives and have done from pretty much the beginning. When we get to talk to people before they're married, we strongly Recommend they put rules and boundaries around conflict so you don't spear off and do something you totally regret later. For us, one of our boundaries is uh, the word divorce is never in it. It's not in our language. It's, it's just not there. Another thing that we do is um, I, neither of us will ever drive off in a half. Uh, because, you know, we, you know, imagine if we had an accident and, and died how the other person end up feeling. So there are certain things that we do. I will never hit her. I can't read them from up there. Oh, thank you. Soft words are essential. 
Don't go to sleep angry. That's an important one right from the beginning. We we realise that apart from being biblical, it's just not a bad, not a good practice to go to sleep angry with each other. So therefore, we resolve any issues between us before we go to sleep. We may we may say let's um, let's call a truce and have time out and and let's deal with this tomorrow or something like that. Or but that's we could very do, but, rare. It, but it doesn't work too well for us because <laughs> Jenny just gets Get more. I'm happy just to go to sleep, and Jenny's just <laughs> unhappy. And uh, so you know we we have to put these things right. And I, but I tell you, as time has gone on in, in our relationship, and as we've learned these keys and these important things, this stuff doesn't really happen anymore because we've learned to nip things in the bud. And when I see Jenny starting to, when I've pushed her buttons or done something that I can see her getting stressed or unhappy, I've, I'm learning and have learned a lot more to put things right before things get we, worse. We quickly identify things, don't we, that are, that are happening. Identify the buttons. So time, sometimes there is a need for space. Some people just need space. I do. I, you know, if things are getting wildly out of control, um, I'm thinking back in the past, but I would just need to go, you know, I just need 10 minutes to think about what I did do wrong <laughs> so I can apologize for it, <laughs> whatever. But time out's a healthy way. Time yeah, out is very is healthy good. for some relationships that need have, have time. You know, so you're not pushing it under the rug, but you're actually saying, we well, yeah, are, this is really important to us. Let's take 15 minutes to cool down and let's come back at 2.30 and let's um, talk this through in a reasonable manner. This is meant to be a safe place. This is meant to, we're meant to have it. You know, the whole idea in for conflict, conflict will happen, but it's how we do it to stay connected. And we want to connect again. So we want to come back, get it with our best, sort out our hearts with God if necessarily, but come back with a positive attitude. Let's work this out. We're going to stay within our boundaries. We're going to, we're going to talk this well. It's going to be safe. You get to, you get to use I statements and share feelings and needs. And we're going to do this in a safe manner. We don't bring up potentially delicate topics on dates or if we're going away on a special holiday or something because that's just going to possibly just cause arguments. We won't, we don't go there. One couple used to say, yeah, and the, the, you know, like, uh, the Friday night, they would, you know, they had time, they relax, and then they would bring up a topic when they're tired at the end of the week. And that would just mean, it ruins the weekend if you don't, you know, like if it's the wrong timing is everything, isn't it? So it's wise to have these thoughts. What do you need in a relationship to feel safe, to bring up these places that you're not going to cause escalation and those relational germs that infect our relationships so much? So can you just take a bit of time now to have a look through that list and see what things you would add to that list? If you want to take some things off, fine. But it's a great opportunity to just reevaluate what do we do when we get into conflict, and, and perhaps we should really have some boundaries around that rather than risking a massive elevation, escalation. And if you had done this last time with us, we couldn't remember if we had, it's still really healthy to look at this again and say, is it working? Do we need to put some more things in place? What can we put in place? Um, what are we needing in this? And it's a really healthy, you know, really healthy thing to do to regularly, you know, regularly look at this and go, yeah, we're still doing such and such. Maybe we need to talk about something before a talk about our expectations before an important event. We would often it would be a time a sensitive time of pushing buttons right before a special event like Christmas or something. Because I would go in there with expectations, and Cliff would have expectations, and we hadn't talked about them. And so you know, 
maybe we'll talk about events before that, you know, big events before Christmas. We'll discuss it and, and see what our expectations are. Um, you know, that might help, you know. Um. Right, so just as a couple or if you don't have your spouse with you, trying to think of some things just the next few minutes that you might like to add to that list for your own personal boundaries as a couple. You must really love garlic bread. Oh, sure, don't you? Yeah, but not on my bread. Oh, don't worry about that. After you eat, have some PK. PK has that clean, fresh taste. And a freshness burst that refreshes your breath. PK has a freshness burst that refreshes your breath. Who remembers that ad? Oh my goodness. I'm going now. Who would like some PK chewing gum this morning after our break? PK chewing gum. You know. There's something beautiful when you share it around. Share it around to everyone. Something good about old-fashioned PK, I found that old ad, and I was just thinking about a conflict, and as we're dealing with conflict, I was thinking, wow, PK, I was trying to think of what I could think of to remind you guys of that old-fashioned love, a bit of PK of patience and kindness, a little bit of patience and kindness. Don't you love it? So obvious in your marriage. Can you imagine what your marriage would look like or relationships would look like with some old-fashioned patience and kindness into your conflicts? Yeah? You know, what's the first thing that goes out the door when you're getting your buttons pushed? Patience? And kindness, right? Do we answer a little bit sharply? Do we get impatient? I want you to think about a bit of PK, old-fashioned PK kindness. What is love is? Patient. Love is? Kindness. The first two things that God tells us that love is. Love is patient, love is kind. If we could just do, it goes on to all the others, but if you could just put patience and kindness into your conflicts, what a difference that will bring. You know, uh, kindness is not something that God gave to us because we deserved it. Kindness is something that God gave to us because he loves us. And he asks us to do our same for our husbands and those around us. Husbands and wives, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know it. We've got to live it, don't we? It's beautiful. I just hope you remember just that bit of fun there of patience and kindness. A bit of PK love. PK love. Okay. Refresh your breath. That's not mine. That's why. Um, oh, I turned it round the wrong way. That's why. He must really love God. Okay. 
bit blonde at times, I am. <laughs> so, when you're in conflict with some PK, put some PK on, just a quick thing, five useless questions to ask yourself. Who is right and who is wrong? That is not helping anybody to go there. And who is to blame? What actually happened? What are we going to do? And how can I change them? Now, the reason why some of those you think, what actually happened and what are we going to do? What's wrong with those? Aren't those good things? I mean, don't men like to solve the problem? I mean, most of the time, Cliffins, I say to him, stop trying to solve it. Just talk to me. Connect. You know, connect because men naturally want to solve it. So he's thinking, I've got to solve this. I've got to solve it. What have I done? What can I do next time? Da, 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 da. But just connect. Okay, it's all I need is let's talk about this. Let's acknowledge each other's feelings in this and how we're doing. Let's put some patience and some kindness in here and let's love. Does that sound good? Look at the heart issues. Don't look at how to solve it. Pardon? I can talk about, we're going to go on to responsibility. You know, we need to learn to be responsible as as I've walked around. Thank you for those that are sharing and sharing your hearts about the buttons that get pushed. And, you know, we need to take responsibility for these, these buttons. Question. What are we going to do? First connect, then solve. Don't go into it. Don't go into the conflict thinking, how are we going to solve that? It's tens. I don't know if other women feel the same way, but tends to wind me up even more because we're not connecting. Don't solve it. Just listen. <laughs> Just listen and connect and then solve it together in the win-win later. Deal with the heart issue first. Okay, men? <laughs> Particularly. Some women are like that too. You know, some women are like that too, but it's more... Yeah. Pardon? Yes, you can. So the heart is quite a complex. Oh, yes. Here we go. And what what is it when the person can't recognize? You know, so so you can't solve something ultimately that's not recognized. So the identifying it? Yeah. And then and then even the acknowledgement of it. Yep. So no one's right or wrong, no one's to blame, but there is a, there is something that's... But something's happening. Yeah, and, and, and unless it's, I guess, from my perspective, acknowledged, recognised, how can it ever be dealt with? So that's right. So you've got to identify baggage and you've got to deal with yeah. it, especially if buttons are being pushed. Yeah. And then, I guess, the wanting to. So yeah. Do you know, there, there's a never heart issue. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah, as going around the room talking to various people, um, people identifying buttons and realizing some are recognizing maybe they need to get a little bit of extra help to deal with some of this because it's and you know because in in life, um, some as some said you know we were taught not to share feelings we were taught to just shove them under the rug we were taught this isn't the way you do it you know and so this is a new thing and sometimes it's fine to ask for help and get someone to coach you through this journey with feelings and learning how to deal with this to be healthy we can walk around as wounded 
or you have a choice to get him help and deal with these. You can't continue to, to shove everything under or continue to build walls. You just continue to walk around wounded. Is No one can make you change. You've got to want to do this. And this is where taking responsibility comes into this. I would just say that we sometimes can get ourselves entrenched in bad patterns. Yes. That just we just, we just don't know anything else. It's how we operate. That's how we were taught. That's what we saw. Yeah. With our parents, it's how we saw it's the baggage that you came into this relationship with. So just us saying a few things here today isn't necessarily going to fix everything. You might be so entrenched in a pattern that you might have to get some someone else to get involved, to go, oh, look, if you just did that, it would change everything. It takes a while to change those patterns, and yeah. And so often, you know, with, with courses like this, we can open up a can of worms and expose a lot of things. So we want to encourage you to, if you need help, to process in that to continue to grow and move forward. Is that good? Yes. Yep. 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 I value you. I see something's wrong. You know, like, you know, t- tell me what's on your heart. Yeah. So it's not your first. Don't ask. Go into conflict asking these questions. Your commitment is let's connect, let's deal with us, let's, let's, I love you, what's going on, tell me what's on your heart. Yeah, does that help? Any more? That's good, thank you. Good feedback, good talking. Okay, let's move on to responsibility. The ability to choose a response. We have a choice. We have a choice. There's no blame. I am responsible for me. And um, one of the best advice we can give you, apart from connection with God, you know, and this is taking responsibility for yourself and draw a circle around yourself and then change everything inside that circle. That's what you're responsible for, you. You can't change your spouse. You can't control your spouse, your family or relationships and things like that. Um, but you are responsible. Draw a circle around yourself and then change everything within that circle. Okay. I'm going to have to get close to read this. You are responsible for two, your, your responsibility. It's your responsibility, let's read this correctly, to stop blaming others. It's your responsibility to be responsible with chores, you know, and, and keeping your helping out. Consistency with teaching and rearing the children. To show grace. To forgive and never hold on to hurt. You're responsible to be completely open and transparent with each other. You know, you can't build a relationship without transparency and honesty. You can't with God and you can't with others. Be faithful to the vows and covenant commitment to your partner. Your responsibility to that, to be faithful to those. You're responsible, it's your responsibility, I've got to say that right, to close the door to divorce, to say it's not an option. It's your responsibility to never, never giving up and live as undivorced roommates unhappily ever after. We see that happen. So many. They just live as roommates, you know. It's very, very, very sad. 
remain to remain faithful to your spouse, to build a culture of honour in your family and your marriage. The best thing you can give your children is a happy example of Christ lived out in your marriage. That's the best thing that you can give your children. Making forgiveness a regular practice in your family and marriage. Your responsibility to put on love. Your responsibility to fulfill your God-given role in your family. We could go on. There's just a few that, um, just to make you ponder on. You're responsible. Responsibility is a big thing. And especially in conflict. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, beautifully said. Like in that testimony on the that we saw of the anger, that young couple, he had to change himself. And once he started reflecting the right responses, she was drawn to him. And she saw that he was becoming, who you know, something beautiful. And yeah, and he wasn't responding and reacting and. And, and he was changing. It was beautiful. And so it saved the marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then to your family and then to the community and it goes on. That from that, you know, getting that right, this comes right. And so indirectly, you Indirectly. You're not, you can't, yeah, you don't, yeah. yeah. The focus has to be you. Yeah. Pardon? <laughs> Yeah, of, of, on yourself, not on changing others, sorry. Did I say that wrong? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Any other thoughts on that? I want to look at some of the behaviours that we do in conflict that we need to be responsible for. These are beautiful animals. It's in your book there. I just want you to think of these beautiful animals here, designed by God, for they have very interesting habits. And in conflict, their personalities, we just, we just think about these, um, think about the rhino for a minute, how it behaves. Um, it's known as sort of like an attacker. It attacks, it, it comes in, it more initiates. When it's frightened, it charges. And um, it's very loud, and so you know, like we think in in a conflict, some people sort of are much more like rhinos, and they are very aggressive. And so I'm very much like that in in a conflict. I'm the one that wants to sort it out and charges in, and and has had to learn to um, to change my behaviours because it was very aggressive and it doesn't help anyone. I think someone said out there. I get so aggressive that people shut down, you know, because when someone goes charging and people run, right? <laughs> That's not the way to behave. The other way in conflict is that you can be a prickly little hedgehog that when they get frightened, they curl up and avoid conflict and withdraw into themselves and get very prickly and offensive and quiet. And talking to you, some of you would identify with that out there. You've already told me you withdraw and you get prickly. And, yeah, and one of the, you could normally identify with some of your behavior as more like one or the other. And um, you may need to change, well, some of that behavior if it's, you know, 
not helpful behavior. <laughs> like it's not, we need to learn, the hedgehog needs to learn to share their feelings and needs and to open up and be able to express what they're feeling in a healthy way. The rhino needs to slow down and not charge and let the other speak and to give, maybe give the, the hedgehog time to reflect and to think. Maybe they need a bit of time out, but they will if encouraged. But if you go storming in there to give that, that's not going to help. So I want you to think about what character do you mostly resemble in conflict? Think about ways and, and talk, think about through how could you change that? You just do that on your own. Is there a way that you could be more sensitive, slow down, not charge, just give more time, open up? It could be something like that. As you've been thinking about all these ways of conflict and talking about having your buttons pushed, is there a way that could be really beneficial for you to change? This is for you to want to change, not the other person saying, you need to do that. This is not a pointing finger or blame. This is you taking responsibility for how you behave in conflict and saying, do I need to change? What can I do? How can I improve? I'm just going to give you a few moments just to think about that for a moment. How can I improve in showing self-control and taking responsibility for my behaviour in conflict? It's not okay to control your partner with threats. It's not okay to control who they spend time with. How they use their phone or Facebook or how they dress. It's not okay to make them live in fear. It's not okay to say it's none of our business. Because it is our business and it's not okay, ever. But it is okay to ask for help. Do you remember seeing those ads on TV that they did for a while? Huge statistics, the police um, in New Zealand, I think it was 80%, I was going to hunt back on my facts. Um, uh, last year, they were called, 80% of their things they were called out to was domestic violence in our New Zealand police force. We have a son in the Melbourne police force, and he um, he's saying it's huge over there as well. All, a lot of it's alcohol-related and, and stuff like that, violence, but um, the police have to come and intervene in a lot of domestic disputes. It's really sad, very, very sad. It's a great campaign that they did, but it's not okay, is it? Our behaviour is not okay. It's not okay. We're going to move on to granting and receiving forgiveness. Oh, you know, Christians Christians should be expert at this. We should, eh? Yeah, right, is right, because we, we think, oh, it's still hard. But you know what? We should be, because God has forgiven us. And that is why we should be the first to extend our forgiveness to our spouse. And it's only our flesh and our sinful nature that makes it so hard, isn't it? Because we just think, I want to be right. I want to, we don't want to die to self. And if we're wanting to reflect Christ in our marriages, and if it's from there to there, then we have to get good at this. We have no excuse before God. We don't, honestly, we don't. Why is forgiveness so important? Why does God ask us to give, forgive? 
And why is it so bad when we have unforgiveness? I know you all know the answers. The one that benefits the most from forgiveness is the one who grants it. Do you know we get freedom? God says because he cares and we get free. Unforgiveness just destroys us, makes us bitter. There's a quote that says, Harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I'll read that again. Harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and expecting the other person to die. It's affecting you. And it's for your good. It's not because God just wants, you know, everyone to be happy, clappy and fun and forgiving each other, but it's for our health as well. And because He forgives us. Unforgiveness causes bitterness. Physical, emotional and spiritual sickness. Mm. Forgiveness is not forgetting though, but it is releasing the person and yourself from the debt and the punishment. I mean, I'm not going to go into this whole concept because as Christians you know, you know, you know, you know what you should be doing. You know what I mean? Um, but I do want to go into something that is a, called the language of apology. And I don't know of many of you have heard this, but, you know, when we were first married, we were not good at asking, apolog- you know, apologizing to each other. We were really not good. You know, we hadn't seen it modeled. Um, I don't think my my mother would say that I don't think my father's ever said sorry to her. He's a good man, a Christian. I don't know what it was. Proud man. I don't know. But we never saw that modelled. Cliff never really saw that modelled either. But both loving marriages, but we just didn't know how to do that well. And so Cliff would say, sorry. That doesn't really do much for me because I want to know, well, what are you sorry for? I don't know. Um, um, And so we had to learn how to apologize well. And so um, there's parts to an apology. And lots of people, someone said Gary Chapman has done a study on it. You can go and look online. You know how he's done the five love languages. He's also done the five languages of apology. And so it's really worthwhile you just do a quick survey and see what are you actually needing in an apology to help you process. I mean, you know, this is, I mean, meant to forgive anyway, but this helps someone journey. You may need to go and apologize. You should be the first to get in there and apologize to your spouse if you do something wrong. Get in there fast. Cliff often tells men, just apologize and get in there and recognize. And he's trying to identify more now what it is that he's, what he's done. And I try to identify what I'm doing. He's not always the one that does things wrong, but do you know what I mean? And so for me, um, it's really interesting for me because it really wasn't working well in our, in our marriage, this whole apology, receiving and granting forgiveness. 
and help me. I'm able to accept an apology from someone who expresses regret by simply saying, I'm sorry. Some of you, you know, when someone says, I'm sorry, that may be enough for you. But other people, they want to hear, I was wrong, and acknowledging that feeling. You know, I was wrong that I did that. I, I can see that I've hurt you. That really helps me to say, ah, he understands. I need understanding with that, that, ah, Cliff, if he identifies my feeling, it just helps me just push through so much faster. I find an apology more sincere when the person who has wronged me takes action to make it right. Does that identify with anybody here in the room? Do they think that helps them when someone says, I missed our anniversary, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to put this on the calendar next year so I never do that again. Would that help somebody move forward? No? No? I find an apology more sincere when followed by a promise to change when the offending person says, I will not do that again. Does anyone associate with that? Does that help with when they say, I'm never going to do it? I think for Cliff, that was quite an important one for you, honey, wasn't it? I find an apology most sincere when the other party places great importance on asking for my forgiveness. We were looking at this and we were, we never, we used to just say, I'm sorry. Um, we're learning the importance of why is it important to say, will you forgive me? It's an interesting thought, and we've talked a lot to other people about out there, people that we value their opinion. And why is that important, apart from a biblical side? You know, what does that do? And it's just, it is, they agree, most, well, everyone we've talked to, how important that last step of, I, will you forgive me? And the other person saying, I will. And you'll find that there's closure. There's, um, if you turn to your page here, I'm just looking for the right word here, on page nine, here's a really good example of that, to build trust and reconciliation and, and that. Will you forgive me? You need to admit that's number three down the bottom. This helps convince the other person I'm sincerely facing up to my wrongs, be taking responsibility, and it rebuilds trust. It also forces me to identify the area I need to work on. And the other person says, I will forgive you. So don't say it's okay, or that doesn't matter, because it actually does matter. But you're just releasing that person, and you're really bringing that to closure. You're restoring that connection. Yeah, it speaks to me about just really wanting to be reconciled. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, beautiful, isn't it? It's that completeness, isn't it? That complete finishing off. Especially if your love, love language is in words. Absolutely. Good. Any other comments? I love it. Okay, so it's like 
ramp up, basically, right? Like, um, it's something that I've had to, or like, actually, almost, I'm trying to take the steps to, when someone says that to me, actually say, you know, like, not, like, it's almost like we want to invalidate someone else's apology yeah. by saying it's okay, like, you didn't need to apologise for that. Or, like, say, you know, almost deny ourselves the feeling mm. that, like, oh, you know, this hurt me, but that's okay somehow. And the, I think that's quite a, um, I suppose there's a, you know, there's a, there's a godless way of looking at that. Yeah. But there's also a godful way of looking at that, which is that, um, you know, God doesn't say it's okay. He mm. just, he says, I forgive you. And that, like, I don't know, I guess when I think of, like, all those things that love is, Love is patient, love is kind, but it's, and love love forgives all things. But it doesn't. It's not like love makes everything okay. You know, it's mm. kind of like there's a there's a subtlety here. So beautiful, good sharing. Thank you. I might understand that I will forgive you because you know, for most things I can you know someone's you know asking me will I forgive you know I forgive them I can say I forgive you, but occasionally there's something where you're still It's a choice again, isn't it? I'm choosing to release you. I'm choosing to forgive you. It's my, yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. It's good. Oh, head. good let's use that example here like um, a person is late so someone could say I'm sorry I was late another apology would be I was I'm sorry I was late it was very inconsiderate you must feel you know you've put so much work into it and it was inconsiderate of me I'm sorry I was late I will try and text you next time so that you know that I'm coming I'm sorry I was late. Um, I'm going to drive 200 kilometres an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get my drift? Our apology can be so different. And um, acknowledging someone's feelings, um, saying how, you know, what you could do about it. You know, I should have texted you to be more considerate. I, um, I will try to change. Um, will you forgive me? You see how 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 different they are. How you can bring closure, and then you say, "I will forgive you," and then it's the end, isn't it? Instead of go. Actually, actually, 
Yes, I did. Sorry, I was using another excuse. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yes. Ips. Yep. Yes. So sorry for my bad reaction. I could have acted in a much more honourable way towards you. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Sorry, I jumped past that to that. It's a really good example, I thought. I want to jump on that one. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's good. Yep. Yeah, freedom. So keeping really short accounts and, and yeah. just moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't wait for an apology, do we, to forgive? You're saying, yeah. But in a situation where we can help the other person move past it, it's good to learn how to apologize, but I agree. Yeah, that's what you're saying, isn't it? That you can live, you don't have to take offence by people's. Yeah. 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 That's good. Good thoughts, everybody. Doing all right? We're on the home straight. Just take a moment and I want you to ask your spouse, how am I at apology? How am I at asking and receiving forgiveness? And I want you to be humble enough to ask, how can I improve? Before we carry on, just a few minutes. How can I improve? Don't take offense. Just asking because you love them. Because you love them. You want to learn how to apologize better. How can I improve? And take it, write it down, just for a few minutes now, just ask that question. It's not okay to say she was asking for it. It's not okay to punch a hole in a wall to show your family who's boss. Or think you can demand their love and respect. And it's not okay to look the other way and say it's not our problem. Because it is our problem. And it's not okay, ever. But it is okay to ask for help. Right, our help is on its way. So we're going to talk through now a great solution to when you've got an argument that just keeps on going round and round and you can't seem to get some resolution from it. It's called Love Talk and it's a superb way of communicating so that both know, both understands feelings and needs. So love talk stands for, L is for love, U is for understand, and V is for validate. 
Right, so Jenny and I are going to do an example of this great reflective listening tool, which we think is uh, is so worthwhile doing that we do it from time to time when we get into a situation where we, we sort of can't resolve something or we need to just share feelings and needs. We use this great little tool and uh, and we get some clarification. So here we go. So Jenny's going to start. So it's like you're in a um, in a drive-in. Uh, for McDonald's, and you drive up in your car, and you you pull down your window, and you say into the microphone, "I'd like to order a Big Mac with fries," and the person on the other end inside talks back and says, "Okay, you want to order a Big Mac and fries? Would you like uh, a drink with that?" And then you can decide with you what you want to do with that. So it's a talking and receiving and listening relationship that we have there. So it's just like when you go for a drive into McDonald's. We're talking and then we're listening because the person starts talking back about exactly what you've asked for. So this is how we're going to do it. So we're going to do an example for you and then we're going to ask you, if you're with your spouse, to take some time to practice this little one on a problem that you've got that just keeps on coming around. The thing with love talk also, there are some little little rules around it that we just talk in, in little phrases. Okay, good. We share only feelings. Putting it, sorry, sorry, sharing any feelings and needs. So we don't try to sort of spear off and start talking about other topics. We just stay on topic. We show short, short sentences so that we can understand and talk back. And we're just talking feelings and needs on one subject. So just to clarify, this is a topic like for us, like we did before with our I statements and we said, I feel this because. So this is taking it further. This is because we have a conflict that's going round and round and round. And now that we have this tool, we don't have many, but um, because we've learnt to process them this way, but um, we have one that's going to come up soon. So this is one that we haven't actually talked about that we would probably be good to do love talk with. So this happens every year, this this tension, this um, build-up, because we have an issue, a difference of character and... One of us likes to spend a lot of money on money, Christmas presents and the other one doesn't. and things like this. So this happens yearly. Actually, more than that, birthdays... Things like that. Okay, get your drift. So this is something that I thought, well, let's have a fresh. I can see something coming up. So I just stick to this topic. So we're talking Feelings about... And needs. Gee, I said love you. Oh, it's not love, listen. honey. It's listen. The sorry. L is for listen, sorry. sorry honey, got, got it wrong. One. Listen, understand, and validate. So so I'm going to be speaking, and Jenny's going to be listening. And no, I'm going to be oh, speaking. Okay, well, listen, I'm just saying... <laughs> The lion. <laughs> it's my issue. Yeah. I want to do. <laughs> yeah. But the understanding part is that when you hear me speak back to you and repeat this, so you feel that I've understood the situation. Yes, yes, yes. And the validating part is coming up. Well, we need to come up with a win-win solution for this, so that we both walk away feeling okay. That, that's good. So we've resolved it. So that's where the the V for validate. Listen, understand, validate. Okay. Cliff, I 
um, think it'd be good to discuss Christmas because we're going to Finland to see the grandchildren. How that's going to look? You can, you can just feelings and knees, babe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm feeling very nervous about it already. Okay, so you're feeling nervous about how how things are going to go at Christmas time and how much we're going to spend? I just said I was nervous. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> Keep them on track here. Goodness. <laughs> and that's okay to pull me back on track if I'm if I'm getting off track. It's okay to pull me back and go just just short sentences and feelings and needs. Feelings and needs. Okay. Anything else of that order? Yeah. Sorry, anything else? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, um, I feel really, uh, already the restraints are on me and we haven't even, I haven't even started spending. <laughs> okay, so what I'm hearing you say is you're feeling very restrained uh, even though you haven't, we haven't started spending. <laughs> Yes. Anything else with that? And um, feelings and needs, okay. Um, what you need? Uh, no, I might have some more feelings in here. <laughs> um, no, probably what I'm needing, I am. See, it takes a bit to process. What I'm needing is maybe... Um, it's quite hard to verbalise it, isn't it? I'm needing some uh, support in this from you. So buy-in, some buy-in from you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're needing from me is some support in this so that you don't feel stressed about it all. Yeah, and no, not quite that I'm not feeling, I want your buy-in on it. So what I'm needing is that you help me spend the money. <laughs> and, and maybe then I won't get all the blame for spending the money. Okay, so what you're needing from me is some buy-in so that uh, you don't feel that I've blamed you for spending all this money. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Um... Probably can't think of anything at the moment. Okay, so what we do now, I think I've shared my feelings and needs. There's probably more, but for time's sake, and, and we'll probably process this more as Christmas draws near. Um, now Cliff gets a chance to have his feelings and needs on this topic of his side of it. What I'm feeling, Jen, is when we get to Christmas time, we make a budget but the budget doesn't get stick to, stuck to, and I feel like... Uh, 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 short sentences, model of short sentences. <laughs> okay, when it comes to Christmas time, I feel like you blow the budget. <laughs> it was, it was. What I'm hearing you say is that you feel like I blow the budget. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anything else with that? 
What I need is that we agree on a budget and that we stick to it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't agreed on a budget yet, though, so yeah. <laughs> so what, <laughs> what I'm hearing you say is that you want to agree on a budget and that we stick to it. Yes. Okay. Anything else? No, that's all. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So this is really a sensitive area for us, and we we need to work this through. We need to come up with some win-win solutions on this. So how about you help us come up with some so, win-win solutions yeah. on this so we could come up with some ourselves. So what's some win-win solutions that as a couple you could be doing at home? What's some solutions? Throw it so, out there. So in saying this, that we... Um, uh, our, Two of our three children live overseas, and we don't get to see them a whole lot. Uh, we've got one son in Finland with his wife and four grandchildren, and so we might only see them once a year. That's more of my feelings. I want to spoil them. That's right. I really... Yeah, too that's, late. Yeah, it's too late. Me! <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, that's right. In coming to a win-win solution, both of us have to agree, that, hey, this is a good idea, and both of us feel happy about it. That's that's okay. what we what we need to come up to with Throw validating. Throw out some solutions, some solutions, guys, and we'll write them on a board. Doesn't have to be right. One over here. Great, okay. excellent. Come back and go for Christmas so we can see the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more? Did you any more? <laughs> Uh, I don't normally, not good at giving yes, gifts, so. but I love receiving gifts. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 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 it is okay. an important, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is an important thing to, to discuss. <laughs> so you just barter for top dollars? Oh, I like that man. <laughs> <laughs> Any more? Let's, let's get some good answers, yeah. Um, I don't like you. Don't like that one at all. <laughs> Thank you, that's good. See? See? I know. <laughs> I like you. <yeah. laughs> oh, we got another one. Ah. Oh, tickets already bought. <laughs> Good point, though. <laughs> go out and get another job. I could go out and get another job just for money. You know, go and get a cleaning job. Yeah, I could do some cake. And seriously, you know, these are good. Yeah, these are great ideas. You know, these are, it doesn't mean we're going to do them all, but we just throw all these ideas down and then we come up with one. Yeah, this is true. Great ideas. Yep, very good. Go without meat for a week and use that money. Yeah. Exit sacrifice. 
Do you see how this works? You start, just throw ideas around. If you need someone else to, to have ideas, you know, more brains sometimes come up with clever ideas, cake baking, all of this, all these things. And then we look at it together and think, okay, what, what is something that we both agree on and are happy with? And we come up with a win-win solution. And what this does is it puts this to rest. You can deal with this. It doesn't keep coming around and around and around. I mean, that's just lots. Oh, mm. sorry, not on this particular topic. When you no. said we've done this before, we've, we've talked Sorry, I thought you meant so using... you've been over to someone before? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, take, and you've had this issue. Yeah, oh, it comes up every time the children come home. It's yeah. a regular money. It so comes around okay. birthdays what, and... What didn't work, what did work, and then do some... Brainstorming. Yeah, 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 that's good. Because, what, because there, there, are, there probably are things that did work. Uh, oh, generally, I just... Put my head in the sand or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is not good modelling here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> Did we leave that page out? Did we? <laughs> So that buy-in, so that's the buy-in, isn't it? Very good. You know, yeah, I've, yeah. I've got this figured out. You know, when, when children are between one and seven, if you give them like a euro, they think, sweet! <laughs> <laughs> So does anyone, I want you to think about now, that was our, that's just our example that we use, that we will be using again and we're processing again with us. Here's your, I want you to think, is there something in your marriage that often comes around and around? One was um, that we used a lot, which was our last big one in our life, was me visiting my family. My parents are getting old and um, I needed to spend some quality time with them, but Cliff didn't see it, you know, wasn't aware and didn't have the understanding of how that was important to me. And, you know, and his perspective of that was really interesting. We needed to talk that through. That season of our life is our parents are getting old and need us, and the roles change, and that's a new season that we're coming to. So that's one that we've had to use and how we've come up with a good conclusion for that. And so, you know, otherwise you just have this conflict that just, I mean, just can't resolve them, and they go round and round. You argue about them, you know, over, you know, they keep coming up. You know, but you did this or whatever. So I want you to think for a while as a couple, is this something? And it's taking that step a little bit more than the I statements. You keep using the I statements, but you're using it on one issue that you're not, haven't got conclusion on, can't end, and then you have, you listen to both sides. Okay, get a type to talk on that one topic. One. <laughs> no, 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 don't say that one. <laughs> Dick and Jane, isn't it? Has anybody fun, seen fun with Dick, Dick and Jane? Jane? <laughs> there's always prostitution. <laughs> you remember there's it's a great line. Money, yeah. no. <laughs> so let's. So we're just going to give you a few minutes to. Actually, we're going to give you quite a while on this one because this is quite a big one to talk about this yep, as a so, couple. So feel feel free to wander off into the other rooms and and uh, discuss it fully. If you have problems and would like to talk to us to help 
process that. We're around. Just lift your hand. Whatever. We're going to put some music on this time. So you've got a bit more privacy to talk about this. But use that skill, that I language and I sentences to help you process. Right. Just as we're winding up there with a love talk, you've got to keep in mind that when you're at a drive through, you don't get the person on the other end saying back to you, you know, I don't really think that you should have a Big Mac. I think maybe just a vegetarian burger. <laughs> you don't get comments like that coming back. You know, maybe you shouldn't have fries or, uh, you get, we've got to be, we've got to be just listening to each other and just saying what each other and listening to it and just, just responding back to hearing their heart. Okay. See how it goes up and down, okay? It goes up and then it goes down, like that. See that? Isn't that magical? Amazing. Watch one more time. One more time. It up, right? And then it goes down. Comprende? Toilet seat drama, eh? It goes down, doesn't it, ladies? I believe there should be at least one day of the year, the man day, when the toilet seat stays up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just to end up now, we want to talk through um, what I call the five-phase action plan that typically we tend to go through, or some of us only get part way. But when we have conflict and and a problem that keeps arising, this is typically what happens. So we start with a problem. That's probably, probably most couples have got some sort of issues that recur and need to be dealt with. So I've just written a few down here. Maybe you're always late when you go somewhere or money's an issue or kids or you'll have your own little problems that you can put in here and then how are we going to deal with it? So the next step that happens after we have a problem is we get through to the emotion phase and that could either go peacefully that we that we agreed, yes, this is a problem, and um, how are we going to deal with that? And we stay nice and calm and cool, or things don't go well, and we end up with this crazy sort of anger business coming out of here and going nowhere. Just goes round and round and round. That's kind of the crazy cycle here, when you've just and and the and what happens is contempt comes up, or anger, or stonewalling, which might basically putting up your hands and say, I don't want to know about it criticism, defensiveness, there's two ways of getting through to a good discussion, either a peaceful way here or this incredible angry way which never gets you there, it just sort of goes round and round and builds on itself. We spent some time with a couple uh, that would go, in their words, from zero to a hundred on the Richter scale for anger in seconds, they'd just go boom, just bam like that. And we were trying to get them to understand this phase of how to get to here where you do love talk or whatever kind of discussion you you have to resolve this issue here. And unfortunately for them, they could never get past this. They could see it all, but could never get past this. 
They just kept acting like children, didn't they? And just, just no self-control, no responsibility. It was yeah. always the other person's fault. Unfortunately, they just got themselves into a pattern where that's where they would go. It'd always get in, into one of these, contempt or anger or whatever, just go nowhere. So we've got to learn to get rid of this stuff, this crazy cycle that talked about somebody needs to inject something in there and either apologize or say, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I love you no matter what. I, I, I understand we're getting angry, but I just want to, I want to understand that, you know, you're the most important thing to me and this is, this is not a, not an issue. Whatever it takes to get in there and, and resolve it. And I say generally to the men, you know, when it comes to forgiveness and putting things right, just get in there and say sorry. There's no point. And just winding her up. Just get in there and say sorry early on before things get out of control. So in other words, lead the way. Lead the way. So here we go. We've got through past here. We've managed to resolve all this. We've got a peaceful ending here. We've got through to love talk. After love talk, we get to a win-win solution. And that, that should be something that you enthusiastically agree on. We've agreed on our budget for Christmas. Yes, this is how we're going to do it. I'm right in there. Um, I'm committing happily and we're going to enjoy the journey. So we've we've come through this love talk and we've decided, yeah, this is how we're going to do it. And we're going to do it well. We're not going to do it begrudgingly. We're going to do this thing well. And we come to this last stage, this feedback stage, where we're saying, well, you know, how could we do that better next time? When we have another problem back here, how do we get through to here fast rather than working our way through here? So I think it's, this is this five phase of, of uh, going from a problem to a solution that a lot of us often get stuck here. Or maybe we didn't know about how to discuss things fully here and how to come to a, a solution here. This is in your books, but unfortunately it didn't print out all of the squares. You've got all the words down on the last page, but it just left out the boxes. So if you could put, it's got problem, emotion, discussion, outcome and feedback. If you just put squares and circles in the last little bits, you'll have the complete. I don't know why it didn't print out that bit. I'm very sorry. So this is like a roundup of everything that you used. If we can help you to um, work through all couples as we end the day today, all couples will have conflict. But we want you to learn how to be able to get through your conflict, conflict in an honouring, loving, peaceful way that is going to bring glory to God and reflect Jesus in your, in your marriage to a good outcome with feedback and encouragement and next time will even go better. This is what we're trying to encourage you to do. With, we've got to put some PK chewing gum in there as well, um, the things that you've learned, some transparency, some honesty, all of these tools that we've been looking at today so that you can connect. The goal is connection. Connection with God, connection into your marriages, your family, community. Do the family together as a group here. If you can just have your goal as connection, you will get through this. And then you'll say, right, we're going to not have that. We're going to aim to have a peaceful outcome. We're going to use love talk. We're going to you know, validate each other. We're going to see you as honor you to see that you are valuable. Your needs and feelings are valuable. They're important indicators. So yeah, we've got honour and love in there and we're going to get out through this. You don't have to have that wall between you. We want to encourage you to grow and flourish in your relationships and have a beautiful marriage. Hey, we've talked about a number of things today. We've gone through the different kinds of love. We've talked about building walls between us, which is a big reality. We've talked about distancing. We've talked about communication on how we can do things better.
really it just comes down to you. We've talked through hopefully what could be good tools for you. But we recognize too that some people get in, have got entrenched into just ways of life that yeah. they find it difficult to come out of. And we would like to be able to help you with that. You know, we're, you know, I've left our cards over on that table over there or, you know, or, or talk to someone. There's no point in just staying embattled mm. and entrenched in an area when you could Sorry. have an extraordinary marriage. Mm-hmm. Again, we'd just like to thank you for, for coming, for pray. listening. And uh, we would just love to take the opportunity to pray for you. Um, yeah. Hey, thank you, God, for being with us. Yeah. Thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for being the example. Thank you for your extraordinary love, mm-hmm. your extraordinary patience. God, we want to learn from you. We want to apply who you are in our lives to each other so yeah. that we can just glorify you and reflect you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these couples. God, we pray that the little seeds that have, we've sown today, that you would just uh, grow in them. And they would grow to be amazing couples in their communities that people would look up to and say, we want what they have. Yes. Amen. Amen. Please don't forget about Smooch. If anyone's interested. Smooch is the answer. <laughs> Just talking on that, you know, ever tried, um, you want to increase the romance a little bit, have a go at a 15 second kiss every day. <laughs> Come on, you did it when you were dating. <laughs> it is a long time. We are up the front if anyone wants to talk to us any further. We're here. But otherwise, we'll see you see you tomorrow at church.